Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to a, another new episode. Uh, we are currently working through the book of Proverbs. Again, we're not doing too much of a uh, verse by verse with these particular wisdom books just because they are longer, but we are working through kind of an outline and uh, clarifying some aspects and hopefully just providing you just enough ammunition so that way when you sit down and read it you will better understand the text in front of you. That's always the goal with any of this, with the show is is to help you understand the text better. This doesn't mean that my interpretation is the only way to look at a piece of scripture because, you know, let's face it, as a pastor, I will come to a piece of text uh, in one year and then I'll come to that text again in two years down the road differently. And I can tell you just by a very recent event experience in this, uh, I had the opportunity to preach on Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. It's the lament over Jerusalem. And I looked back at some of my sermon notes from three years prior and realized um, that's not who I am as a preacher anymore. So we as preachers change, uh, not that, you know, our, our, um, you know, that I guess I should be very careful with that. Not that we change to be like worse or anything, but our hermeneutics get defined. Uh, we approach scripture differently. And, and I think there's a difference between academically teaching a passage versus, uh, preaching a passage because my congregation is not going to care too much about all the high level theological terms that I can wield at them, but they want to know what the text means and how can I explain that to them? So that is going to be uh, how we take the show going forward. It's just to simplify the text and make it easy for you to understand as the listener. And uh, in all of that, we will be uh, focusing our efforts on ensuring that we can, um, you know, 
graciously work through the text. And I always will encourage you to grab another commentary, grab a study Bible and read through the passages that we're talking about, because that will again, help to add more knowledge. The, the well of scripture is never ending. The depth of the knowledge that can be cultivated from there is never ends. So you will never exhaust scripture. You can never exhaust anything. It's always going to change uh, for you. It's a living text. And, and by changing, I mean, it's not that God's word changes. The, the meanings across doctrine are still the same, but how you understand that, or maybe a different piece of the passage hits you harder one year than it does another. That's how we see it as changing because it's really changing us more or less. It's not the text itself doesn't change. So, uh, that's kind of my opening. I'm going to, uh, spend a few seconds and talk a little bit about what's going on with the show and social media, and then we'll get into the content at hand. Again, today's just a simple overview. We're going to look at uh, kind of the outline of Proverbs and we'll go from there. I am recording on some new software, so I'm (laughs) going to pause it periodically and check my audio levels because I really am uh, anxious that this will continue to clear up uh, any sort of uh, background noise and inline frequency feedbacks and um, or you know any distortion or anything like that or you know having the wacky sound levels like I've come across with some of my other platforms where I will be really quiet at one point and then really loud in another. And it like, just as you can't balance that. So I'm hoping <clears throat> this fixes that problem and we can, uh, move on with life itself. So, so as we, uh, begin to pick up on, uh, this passage, uh, or the, well, this book we're going to look at, uh, before we begin, uh, I want to just kind of clarify a few things. First is I am taking a long break from social media. I don't know if it's going to be a couple weeks, a couple months. Um, I, I really am just trying to separate myself. I've got a lot on my work plate right now. And between ministry, Lent season, uh, family, school, it's just, uh, there's a ton of stuff going on. And so uh, the goal is to just kind of, uh, set back and um, get through the work that needs to get done. With that, uh, we will be continuing to produce content for our patrons. So if you're a follower of me on Instagram, you'll still get show updates and announcements of that matter, but I will not be doing regular posts for a while. And uh, the, the patrons, though, will continue to get content. They'll have these episodes days and uh, in some cases weeks in advance before uh, they actually get aired to the public. So if you'd like to join us, patreon.com forward slash undying light, and you can come and, uh, and join us there. And we would, we would love to have you, uh, join this community, this wonderful family that we've got. So, uh, with that, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I got a new, uh, piece of software I'm using here and I'm hoping that this records better. Uh, but I'm still using logos to provide all of my, information that I need for these shows. And so if you want to get a copy of Logos, go to logos.com forward slash undying light, and you can get yourself a copy with some free books. Uh, software does start free and then you can just kind of build into it from there. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, the, the housekeeping kit, you know, tips and tricks, uh, 
and updates of the day. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, Tuesday with a new episode in Augsburg. And uh, as soon as we wrap that, we will be uh, moving on to the uh, doctrinal topics. So um, once we get done with the Book of Concord, that is, we want to get through the um, uh, small articles, the large and small catechism, and the formula. Um, I don't know how fast we'll go through all that content, but we want to cover it uh, in a general basis. Then we'll move to doctrinal topics. Then we'll move to, you know, uh, interpretations and, you know, how how do we differ or are we the similar uh, to uh, reformed camps and other denominations out there. So that's on the docket. And as you know, the Friday shows will continue to be on particular books of the Bible uh, coming from a Lutheran perspective. And we will be taking on Psalms next week. We will be then, we might do two just two weeks on Psalms, maybe three. Um, I I don't know yet. I haven't really kind of planned that if I want to just do it in two episodes or if I want to add a third one. Uh, after we do uh, Psalms, we'll look at uh, Lamentations pretty quick. Um, probably another two episode uh, show. Even though Lamentations isn't called uh, a wisdom book, it is poetry, and I do think it's often overlooked and misunderstood interpreted so we will take that on as well uh from there we will move back into uh some of the minor and major prophets we're going to look at jonah first up and then we will uh, continue on from there uh, and survey through much of the old testament and hopes that again it provides a better understanding of what's really going on here and uh so that's that so uh let let us uh, take a look and see how this outline is written for us. All right, so let us uh, dig into uh, Proverbs again and just kind of uh, hopefully provide some uh, insight in what we're doing. Uh, just a kind of a few uh, revisiting or reminder pieces. Solomon is a uh, one of the bigger contributors to this book, but there are other authors that uh, have helped compile this wisdom literature for that matter uh agar uh, lemuel or and lemuel's mother and then an unnamed wise man we talked about those a little bit more in depth last week uh the purpose is simply to bestow god's wisdom and the date of writing is uh, can be argued between 10th century bc for most of the book and then into the late uh 8th and early 7th century for other parts and so there's you know kind of some debates and you know, when the actual time itself that these books were written in. So as we start to unpack that, um, let me just revisit the central theme here. So Proverbs emphasizes the central theme of Israelite wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 1, verse 7. This thought appears throughout the book. Chapter 1, 2, 8, 9, 10, 14, 15, 19, 22, and 31, especially in the portions contributed by Solomon. So that is the biggest theme of this whole book, is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And you'll see that kind of uh, reappear in all of these wisdom books. So it reappeared in Job. It's here. Uh, we'll see that kind of not as direct in the Psalms, but we will see 
how David and other psalmists are tribute uh, knowledge or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So we'll see how that is played out then. So that's kind of the one thing to keep in mind. Again, uh, one of the warnings, um, you know, with this book is that it's not a book to be read as a promise. And by that manner, uh, what I mean by is we shouldn't read Proverbs in the manner of which we think if we do this action, then God will do that action. And if I raise my kids, the most popular one is if I raise my kids to be God-fearing children, then uh, they will continue throughout their whole life. That may or may not happen. And uh, sometimes they may they may be like the prodigal son and just wander aimlessly for, you know, as an early adult and, and not come back to the Lord until later. And that's, that's, you know, possible. But again, that would still, you know, hold truth to, you know, God's um, promise in saving us. But Proverbs is not a book of promise. It's a book of wisdom. It's a book of practical ways of living for the Christian life. And it's just one of those books that's kind of fascinating to read and see, you know, how easy it is for us to stumble into sin and how easy it is for man to be led astray, how easy it is for man to create their own, his own idols. Uh, and so uh, Proverbs is a good book, again, in the fact that it is wisdom and should be treated as such, but not a book of promise to where uh, if you do X, Y, and Z, then A, B, and C will be your result. So uh, read this. You know, the some people I know do a chapter a day through the month, and they read the the whole book uh, every every month throughout the year. Uh, they're not long chapters. In fact, uh, chapter one is only uh, 33 verses. Chapter two is uh, 22 verses. So, I mean, you know, it's they're not long. Um, you should be able to read it in just a few minutes every day. And so I encourage you to do that. But again, I also want people to be aware and warned of is this book is not a book of promise. It's a book of wisdom. It's practical teaching of how God's people are to live their lives. So it's a book heavy in the law, really. But there is some wonderful gospel attributes, as we talked about in last week's episode on Proverbs. And uh, that is uh, Christ is God's wisdom, and he delivers us from our self-destruction and brings forth righteousness. So even though we fail to uphold the law, even though we fail to obey his commandments and his decrees, and even though we fail at so many things, God is faithful and just and will deliver his people. So that is a comforting, uh, you know, reminder when reading this book that Christ is God's wisdom and we uh, can rest in that. So we've got a bit of an outline here. I, it's, it's, it's long. So, I mean, there's uh, eight parts, nine parts, essentially that uh, this book is broken into. So uh, we'll, we'll see where time takes us and uh, maybe we'll be done just a little under 30 minutes. But anyway, uh, the introduction is the opening, obviously, that's uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And then we have the superscription, super, uh, uh, and that is in verse 1 of chapter 1, and I'm going to read that for you. Uh, so the proverb, 
the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. That's verse one. And that's essentially assigning the authorship of this portion of uh, the letters here. And then we have uh, Solomon's preface. Uh, this is taking us until verse seven. And then we have extended discourses on wisdom. This is uh, division two. And division two will take us from chapter one, verse eight, all the way until chapter nine, verse 18. So let's break that down a little bit for you. So verses eight through 19 in chapter one, uh, first address to a son, avoid the company of sinners. Uh, again, I highly encourage you to go and read these and ponder these. And, and you know, re- write this stuff out. If you have the opportunity to take a notebook and paper and pen, you know, pen with you wherever you're at, I encourage you to write these outlines out. And then even go and, and compare them to how other uh, theologians in the past have broken down this these books and see, you know, okay, you know, I, I definitely see that or, well, that may not quite be what I see here in the text, but I encourage you to have these outlines with you when you go into uh, any particular book in the Bible, they are crucial and helpful to, for, for the Christian to be able to pick up and say, okay, I see how this is. Now, again, most ESV study Bibles or any ESV Bible for that matter will have sections uh, designated, but sometimes we we see how there's larger contextual uh, emphasis is being placed upon Scripture, and so, uh, for instance, um, most Bibles won't note in Luke chapter nine that from nine until nineteen is the journey narrative. This is the time that Jesus is actively moving towards Jerusalem, where his ultimate arrest and trial and death and resurrection will take place. And so most theologians have encapsulated that and, and made the statement that this is the journey narrative. So it's good to kind of understand how text again is talking to you without directly saying anything. All right. So let's move on. Verse 20 through verse 33 in chapter one. This is the first poem about wisdom, wisdom's call and the fate of those who refuse to listen to her. We talked about why wisdom is referred to her in some manners uh, on last week's episode. So go back and check those out because that will help you to see, well, if Jesus Christ is man, why is wisdom being attributed to a woman? All right. Uh, section C, if you would, chapter two, this is broken into three divisions here. Uh, the kind of highlighting uh, topic is the second address to a son. Uh, this is all of chapter two. And then we've got uh, that broken down verses one through 15. Wisdom call comes from God to protect you. And then 16 through 19, an example of wisdom's protection uh, this is protection from the adulterous woman. And then 20 through 22, the uh, abolition to live righteously. So then we've got kind of a, a long um, set of breakdowns, if you would, on uh, the next handful of stuff. Uh, but they kind of cover a long range of, of scripture here. So uh, verses one through 20 in chapter three is the third address to a son. Wisdom leads to a proper relationship with Yahweh verse 21 through 35 in chapter three is the fourth address to a son. 
Wisdom leads to a proper relationship with one's neighbor. Uh, chapter four, verses one through nine, is is an is addresses to sons. Solomon's parents taught him the value of wisdom. Uh, Ten through nineteen in chapter four, this is the fifth address to a son. Wisdom teaches the difference between wicked and righteous people. Verses 20 through 27 in chapter 4, the sixth address to the son, advice for living a righteous life. And chapter 5, all of it, is the seventh address to a son, wisdom teaches how to avoid adultery. And again, a a common theme in old Israelite wisdom books and literature is this concept of adultery because uh, God gives us this demonstration, especially in Hosea. And so if you're a patron, you'll actually get a a exclusive commentary on uh, the book of Hosea as I'm working through it with them right now. But what we see throughout the Old Testament is God assigning Israel to essentially be his wife, right? We see that even in in the New Testament that the the church, the believers are the bride of Christ. And but what happens through the Old Testament commonly and often is that the church or God's people for that matter uh have turned their backs and have sought other gods, which would uh, essentially fall into this category of adultery. It is also idol worship and all these other sins too, but you know, adultery is one that is often talked about and is often um, hammered pretty hard in the Old Testament. So uh, you'll see that theme peak up here and there um, throughout this letter. And I think it's important for us to remember contextually, this was how uh, God addressed Israel when Israel was disobedient, they would essentially receive uh, their just and due punishment. So we have the eighth address to the son. This is chapter six, verses one through 19, broken into four sections. Wisdom allows you to avoid entanglements with your neighbor, verses one through five. Verses six through 11 is wisdom is not compatible with laziness. Uh, I, I'm actually going to jump right to that because I really like this particular passage here. And, uh, so let's read 6 through 11. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her fruit for harvest. How long will you live there, O sluggard? How will, when will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So Again, wisdom is a warning one to not be a lazy fool. Uh, it uh, should be <laughs> highly sought after in today's world because everybody's now just getting checks from the government and staying home because why do we have to work? Uh, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Anywho's uh, next little section, chapters uh, 6, verses 12 through 15, is dishonesty uh, leads to disaster. 16 through 19 in chapter 6, seven things that are abomination to Yahweh. Let's jump and read that. Um, this is And this is, again, echoed in the New Testament um, as well by Paul. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives wicked 
devices, wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Those are the things the Lord despises. Uh, amongst, you know, I'm, I'm sure others, but these are the top seven things. All right, so we've got uh, the ninth address to a son. A father teaches his son to, again, avoid ad- adultery. This is chapter 6, verses 20 through 35. And then we have all of chapter 7, a tenth address to a son. Wisdom will keep you from adultery. And its final result, death. Chapter 8, the second poem about wisdom, broken into uh, four sections. Verses 1 through 11 in chapter 8, wisdom's invitation to all people. Uh, 12 through 21, wisdom's benefit. 22 through 31, wisdom as Christ their creator. Let's jump and read that. Uh, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work. and The first of his acts of old, ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there was, uh, let me make sure I'm in the right section here. 20 through, I got to find out where my stopping point is. My apologies. Um, At the first, before the beginning of the earth, when there was no depth, I was brought forth. And when there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth and with its fields or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limits, so that the waters might transgresses might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. And the reason I kind of stumbled is because I'm looking at the text on my screen, and as I had said earlier, uh, the outline doesn't always follow with the ESV breakpoints, and so I wanted to make sure I, I stopped at the right point. Uh, so that's uh, 22 through 31 in chapter 8. Uh, and then rounding out chapter 8, 32 through 36, we have wisdom as the giver of life. Again, another demonstration of Christ in his work. Our next division is chapter 9. It's broken into three sections. Uh, this is highlighted with the third poem about wisdom, the contrast with folly. Uh, again, go re- you'll listen to the Ecclesiastes episodes and you'll hear Solomon really lamenting and pouring out uh, his thoughts there. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, Wisdom's Banquet, 7 through 12, Wisdom's Proverbs, and 13 through 18, Folly's Banquet. Now we move on to Division 3. That was all Division 2. Division 3, and I, and I, I really don't have good words. Like They have three... And then it's like A, and then there's, you know, subcategories there. And then there's B with subcategories. There's actually three layers um, in some of these here. So uh, I try to keep the language simple for you. But uh, division three or section three, if you want, is Solomon's Proverbs. This is chapter 10 through 22. Uh, Section A is the instruction of wisdom. This is the beginning part. Chapter 10, uh, verse 1 through 17 through 6. And this is broken into a few pieces. Uh, wisdom in the righteous for the, is in righteousness for a wise sons, chapters 10 through 12. And in that, we have introduction to wisdom in righteousness, verses 1 through 5 in chapter 10. 
Chapter 6 through 23, Proverbs about the use of the mouth. And then 24 through 32 in chapter 10, contrast, righteous and wicked. And then chapter 11 and 12, the wisdom of righteousness. Uh, Section 2 is 13 through 15, verse 19. So chapter 13, verse 1 through chapter 15, verse 19. Looks like we're going to hit over that 30-minute mark. Outline was a little longer than I expected, so... Wonderful. Uh, So this is just one section, how a wise son should live. And then we move on to the next chapter 15, verse 20 through chapter 17, verse six, a wise son brings joy to others. And then chapter 15, verse 20 through chapter uh, 16, verse seven, this is advice to a wise son. So these are subcategories here to that larger text chunk. Chapter 16, verse 8 through chapter uh, through verse 24 in chapter 16 is wisdom for a king and his subjects. And then rounding out, taking us to 17, verse 6, advice to a wise son. And still under this same division three, we have part B. Uh, this is 17 through 22, verse 16. So 17, verse 7 through 22, verse 16. And this is warning about foolishness. Broken into four sections, introduction to fools and folly, the consequences of being a fool. This is verse 7 through verse 24. Fools bring grief to others, verses 25 through chapter 19, verse 12. Chapter 19, verse 13 through chapter 20, verse 30. Fools bring ruin to themselves and others. Chapter 21, verse 1 through 22, 16. Yahweh controls both wise and foolish people. The words of wise people, this is section four, broken into just a few categories. This takes us only a couple chapters, 22, verse 17, through 24, verse 22. Uh, part A is the introduction. So this is a you know changes the course a little bit here. We've got uh, these are verses 17 through verses 21 in chapter 22. Then we have advice for living with your neighbor, 22 through t- chapter 23, verse 14. Advice from your father, chapter 23, verse 15 through 24, 22. And that wraps up words of wise people. Uh, And then we have chapter 24, verses 23 through verses 34, more words of wise people. Then we move on to the next division. Um, So that's actually two separate divisions there, Uh, the words of the wise people and then more words. And then now we're at verse of division six or section six of the outline. Now this takes us chapters 25 through 29, so we're getting close to the end of the book. Solomon's Proverbs copied by Hezekiah's men, and this is broken into some subcategories, the superscription in verse 1 of chapter 25, and then we have advice for kings. Again, we talked about kind of the layout a little bit last week, so go back and listen to that episode, and you'll kind of see why the change of pace with, uh, you know, essentially how Solomon opens the book and is providing wisdom to his children, his son. And then here we see it being provided for kings and those in the court of the king. Uh, Verse 2 through 27, advice for kings. Verses 28 through chapter 27, verse 4, all about fools. Chapter 27, verses 5 through verse 22, dealing with the family, friends, and other people. And then we have uh, chapter 27, verse 23 through 29, 27, guidance for kings and this is broken into five subcategories uh pay attention to your flock 23 through 27 
Justice for old people, chapter 28, verse 1 through 11. Beware of wicked people, uh, verses 12 through 28. Wicked people endanger a kingdom, chapter 29, 1 through 15. And the final vice for a king, chapter 29, verse 16 through 27. Then we have Agar's uh, Proverbs. This is chapter 30. Um, So he only has one chapter here. And we have uh, the superscription, uh, verse 1. And then we have Agar's prayers and advice in verses 2 through 10. And then the numerical sayings, verse 11 through 33. And then we have King Lemuel's Proverbs to round out our book, verses uh, 1 through 9 of chapter 31. And we have the superscription again, introduction of him. Then we have three pieces for advice for Kings, verses 2 through 9. And then we close out uh, chapter chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, with an, acu- an acrostic poem about an ideal wife. And you'll see um, these last 21 verses, uh, you'll see like people, you know, like to say, I'm looking for a Proverbs 31 woman. And this is what they're referring to. Go and read these. We're not going to look at the 21 verses, but um, it, it's basically describing the perfect woman. As the text says, an ideal wife. Um, and But more importantly, I like the, sub t- the, the header here in the ESV. It's just the woman who fears the Lord. And, and look, you know, my wife is kind of a stay-at-home wife right now, stay-at-home mother. Uh, she works just a few days a week at the salon in town. Uh, and then I'm constantly running to and fro to do things. And my wife keeps the house running smoothly. That doesn't mean I don't help pick up or cook or clean or do laundry or any of that matter. But my wife is very much the backbone to this house and she keeps things well uh, oiled. So uh, I always advise don't just date somebody to date somebody, date somebody to look, look for a wife and, and really pay attention to uh, their, uh, to how they demonstrate their faith to you. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, again, uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back Tuesday with another brand new episode. Until then, guys, God bless. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you later. the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 